I appreciate that word that Dan shared. Hang on just a second with me. We'll make our confession here in just a moment. I appreciate that word that Dan shared this morning because I think sometimes it's easy to get our eyes focused on the things that we're not, the places where maybe we've made mistakes and, and sometimes we drift away. And today we're going to share a little bit about that beginning part, that part about being saved and learning the word and getting excited. Remember how it smelled, like Pastor always said, things smell different, look different, everything's acting different, tastes different, the birds and all those things. And I think sometimes I get up in the morning and my, my, my thoughts immediately go to uh, all the things I'm working on, all the stuff I'm trying to do and all the stuff that needs to get done. And I, and I forget to look in the mirror and, and, and remember who God created me to be and, and who I was. You know, and it says in, in Joshua, and it, it talks about after they went across, you know, and this happens in the Old Testament quite a bit, but, you know, as they went across the river and they made it over and everything was taken care of and they were getting ready to advance into the promised land, God told them, build, build memorial stones, you know, build, build, make a big place here. And at the end of the service today, Pastor Bill is going to share a, a word that he has uh, for some things that are similar to this in a different situation. But it was, it was about so that your children, people can look back and see what God has done. And I think sometimes we need to take just a moment, maybe in the morning, as we praise God and bring the sacrifice of praise in the morning as we wake up, to remember what God has done. Amen. Father, I thank you for what you've done, Father, in my life and the lives of the people who are in this place today. Father, I thank you for what you've done in this church, Father, from where we were and where you've brought us to. Father, we rejoice about where you're taking us, but today, Father, we give thanks for where you brought, where you brought us from, Father, and to where you've brought us to. We love you and we worship you, Father. We open ourselves to your word today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Take your word. Let's lift it up this morning. God is good, amen. It is good to serve a living God. I get excited about that. I don't know if that's just me, but, you know, whatever. I'll be excited. That's okay. I taught school. I've learned to, I've learned to be the only one excited in the room, so that's all right. Just teasing. Just kidding. We say this confession. We say the word of God is true. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. You may be seated. I say that facetiously to you. That's not necessarily the truth. But how many of you know when you're teaching high school math, man, there are not a lot of people that want to be there. You know, I got like two kids in the room that are really eating it up, you know, and, and uh, the rest of them, you know, I'm just trying to figure out a way. And I tell them, look, I don't like it either, <laughs> but I pretend like I like it. Oh, Mr. Skelton, you must have just loved math. Yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> okay. Whatever you say. Uh, you know, it's a little ringy up here, John. Can you uh, help me out? I'm a little... I love hearing myself, but not that much. <laughs> not really. I turn myself off every morning in the radio, you know, at 8, 7.57 or whatever that is, you know, the breakthrough moment. And I do that commercial spot on 14.50 and a couple other times during the day. And if I happen to be in the car when that comes off, man, I immediately turn it to something else. I don't necessarily like to hear myself. And then I've Oh, it gets a little loud. I wanted to share with you today a little bit about it. It says, give the gift of life. That's the message and the word that the Lord has had really put in my heart for today. And believe me, I tried not to speak this. I tried not to preach this today. I tried to find 14 other ways and messages that would work. I know Pastor Bill's going to share a little bit uh, about a memorial that they're doing, some things they're doing in Tulsa. And uh, we're going to take another offering at the, second at the end of the service so you can maybe begin to prepare your hearts for that. But uh, so I'm thinking, I don't want this to seem like I'm pumping you up to give and then Pastor Bill's going to come, you know, and receive an offering. That isn't the case at all. And, and really, in this, in this instance, this message really isn't about giving financially as much as it is about living a life of a giver. You know, giving the gift of life is, I think, the, that's the, the thing that goes along with giving blood. So we're not, we don't have the blood mobile out back or anything. We're not going to, you know, I'm not pumping you up secretly so you can do that. But you see, giving life, the blood has life. And in your, in your life, 
God has done great things. He really, really, truly has. And I look around, you know, and I begin to see. And, and I have that advantage where I can see you and I know where, where, where we were and where we are today and what's happened in your life and what God has done. And I know the victories and I know the sacrifices and the fight that you fought. And, and, and you know, I see all those kind of things and I start, yeah, man, God is, man, God is good. He's done great things. And in my life, sometimes I lose that perspective, right? Like we said earlier, and, and I, ha- I have a, a busyness in my day and in my life and busyness with a big eye in the middle, you know? And God's really kind of, kind of spoke to me a little bit to remind me about my attitude and the things that he's called me to do and the things that he's asked me to do and the things that, that he's created me for and, and all of that. It's easy to lose that perspective when you're faced with all the things that you have to do. But, but you have a great deal in your life. You have a great deal to offer the world. Maybe, you know, maybe not, you know, whatever, Afghanistan or wherever that might be, but in your world, where you live and where you operate day to day, you have a lot to offer those people who you come across. And God has called you to do that. And I think in our life, and, I, and, 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 I, and God's really been speaking to me about this in my own life, I, I, I start thinking about, oh my gosh, we've got to get the house finished, we've got to get the house painted, and August is coming, and golf's getting ready to start, and I've got three weddings every Saturday in August. I've got a wedding that I'm going to do, and I, uh, you know, I'm starting to think, oh, how can I get it painted? How can I get the eaves done? How can I get the work? Then I've got to get to church, and how can, I've got to come up with mentoring. And, and then I, all of a sudden, see, all of these, these things, I mean, I'm the only one, right? I mean, all these things are bombarding, you know, where, where I am and where I sit. And, and surely, Dan, you've got five kids. You must got a lot of things. Five kids, a job, and a business on the side. So that's... Nothing, no big deal. See, Dan's got it figured out. So second service, he'll be preaching. And uh, you can come and listen to the guy who's got it figured out. But see, we, I, what really God began to show me was, hey, relax, it's okay. Who am I? You know, who am I? Oh, you're God, man. You, I, you, th- you think I got it under control? Oh, yeah. Then why, why are you worrying so much? Why are you working so hard at, at trying to keep things taken care of? Why, why, are, you, why are you partying with joy? See, you're not, you're not trying to part with joy, but as you begin to try to figure those things out, but trying to work those things in, joy seems to just kind of slip out the back door. And then with that joy comes the, you know, now somebody calls and says, you know what, can you help us move? We got, oh, let me just tell you, man, I, I just, I, there's not a chance. I can't help. I don't have it. I don't have time. I don't have it. You know, all of a sudden, you, you're coming in with all these excuses why you can't help people, and then you, you go back and you sit down and say, God, how am I going to get my stuff figured out? And God, God just said, uh, you know, to me, well, how about the, the four or five, you know, how about these things over here? See, you, you went and you rushed the things that I've called you to do. You rushed the places where I asked you to give. You hurried through those things quickly so that you could what? Come back over here and try to spend more time on the what? The use. It's quiet. But I see, you know, I, 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 it's about as quiet as it was in my office yesterday, too, when he told me that. So, uh, you know, I don't feel, don't feel so bad. I, I said, Really? And, you know, he began to show me some things. And, I, and then about that time, somebody was trying to break in the back door over here uh, on, on, the sanct- on the office side. like it anyway. It's not, not what happened. All the locks were turning. You know, I'm in my office, and I hear click, 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 chink, click, click, chink, 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 you know, this, this, this remembrance thing. This go, remember wh- where you began and where you started and what you had in your heart. And you were more excited about doing these things than you were about yourself and your life and your stuff. And, and so I was kind of going back there. And then I, 
I thought, I got to go help whoever's trying to get in the church. If they're going to break in, whatever, I'm going to help them out. You know, let's let them in because I can't concentrate. So I went out and I opened the door. And you know who it was? It was my 89 year old grandpa. And, and, and he, he was here at 5 30, on Saturday afternoon, smoking hot outside. And, and, and the sun goes on that side, and the building becomes extremely hot. You can cook an egg on the wall. I mean, the, the bricks are really hot. It's hot. He's 89. And he's trying to get into the church to get the van keys because he's got to go make sure that the vans are all clean for Sunday service. And I thought, you know what? If anybody has the right to be like hanging out at home and say, eh, the vans are probably good enough, it'd be him. And so, you know, I mean, I said, Grandpa, Grandpa, you know, I mean, you know, it's good. Church is closed. You know, you need to go home. You don't need to clean the vans. The vans are perfectly clean. Grandma was in the car. I mean, it was hot. And he said, nope. I've got to do my job. I've got to get out here and make sure those are clean for tomorrow morning. And I said, you know, go ahead, man. I don't want to stop you from, from receiving a blessing. You just go ahead and do that. He got his keys and went out there. Notice I didn't go help him. It's his blessing. It's his work, man. He can, he can go do his own thing. Pastor John's not going to go get in the way of your blessing. You just go get those keys and, you know, the vacuum's right over there and you can help yourself. You know, have Grandma call me if you go down. But, you know, it's all good. Didn't feel bad about that until now, but I probably should have probably should have helped Grandpa out a little bit. But he, you know, he went out there and took care. But he does that every week, every week. He fills the vans up with gas. He sweeps them all up, and he came back in and said, "They're awfully clean today." And he hung up his keys and said, "See you, Pastor John." And off he went out the door and shut his way and went on his way. But, you know, I mean, it's part of his. It's part of his life. It's a part of who he is. And and his his heart is to give and to not worry about the fact that you know what? There's a golf tournament on TV. It's hot outside. Things are happening. And he 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 comes and he checks the vans on those mornings and on those afternoons. And God really began to speak to me. Remember, have joy in the things that you're doing for me. Have joy. There's joy in those things. And I wanted to remind you a few things. And sometimes I, you know, God began to immediately remind me of about six things real quick in the Word of God that it says about me. And then you know how God is. He always takes you back to that time when everything was like, woo, you know. And he takes you back to that place and says, what happened? Who are you today from when you were over there? And it's, you know, it's a life that's changed. You learn and you live to give, but it's because your life has changed. John 3, 16, right? God, God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him will be saved. And in John 10, 10, it says that he didn't just, you know, come to save us. It says he came to give us What? everlasting upside down jump up and down life it says that the devil came to kill still and destroy but it says i have come that they might have life and life more abundantly and see when you get saved remember that pastor bill's notorious for saying that boy when you get saved things are just different you know life's just different everything seems a little different all your circumstances and situations don't necessarily change but as, as you're maturing in Christ, as you're, as you're doing, man, all of a sudden, like every scripture that you read is like, wow, have you ever read this before? And you know, and you're pumped up, you're excited, you're telling your kids, your neighbors, everybody that can, you know, you're not going to believe this. See, in your life, man, you're getting excited, things are happening. In Psalms, it says, in chapter 1, right in the beginning of Psalms, and I, and I love this, and, and the Lord takes me back here all the time, I think, to remind me of, of the importance of of resting and leaning uh, into the word. But it says, Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God, and and in his law he meditates day and night. It says, That person will be like a tree planted by the river of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. 
will prosper. And many times I think it's because, you know, we've had such a rough time and all of a sudden God begins to change our life and he forgives us of our sins and all the junk that we did and we're excited about the fact that none of that's with us anymore. We haven't learned enough to know that it's going to come back. You know, the enemy's going to bring it back in our life and we've got to continue to stand against it. But, I mean, it, it's, we're like, woo, man. We're like, yay, man, let me tell you what. And Pastor Pam says, could you help me in mentoring? We've got 37 people. I want to go. I want to help. I want to do it. You want to be in mentoring? Sure, I'll do it. I'll be in mentoring. What do you want me to do? And that, I mean, that, that really, truly, like the first week of mentoring, I mean, there's like 100 people here. But the last week of mentoring, you know, there's, you know, there's not 100 people here. There's just a few left. Somewhere along the way, somebody went, woo, ha, 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 ooh, yeah, let's get the devil. And then the devil began to come against them, and they thought, oh, boy, I, can't, I don't know if I can help. Sandy, I don't know if I can help you anymore. I don't know if I can be there to help those. But there's all these hurting people that need, yeah, I know, but I, I have all this stuff going on. And now, you know, all this is happening in my home and all this is happening. And this is, I mean, this is just real life and it's not just you. It's me. I mean, you know, I face those kind of things as well. And I've got stuff happening and and I, I have the same excuses and the same stuff. But, but where, where was this in our life? For most of the part, you know, in this church, most of you are seasoned, like Pastor Pam shared a couple weeks ago, seasoned veterans. People who have been through the fights and been through the wars. And sometimes some of those things can take a little chink out of your armor and a little chunk out of this. Remember. Remember where you were and where you are today, like those memorial stones. When you look back in your prayer journal, when you look back in your testimony, when you look back in those places that God came through, don't don't get weary and discouraged. Be excited and encouraged because of those things. You don't know what I face. Yeah, but you face something then too. You know, just, just because God's asking you to step out and to do something else, Don't be disappointed about that. Be excited about what that is because this is who you are. Your faith begins to grow when you're in that point, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. And all of a sudden, man, you're eating it all up. You're reading all this. You're watching Christian television. You got things on your iPod. You got things on your CD player in your car. You're praising. You're worshiping everywhere you go. And it doesn't, I'm telling you, it doesn't cease to, to amaze me. That by the time, you know, six years goes by, somebody's kind of gone their way and they've disappeared out of the things of God. And I find them on the street and say, what's up, man? You used to be, what's going on? You still listen to this music? You still doing this? Nah, man, I don't listen to that anymore. I listen to this other stuff. Nah, I don't go to church anymore. I decided to do this instead. And all of a sudden, when they begin to take all that stuff out of their life, their life just kind of began... Got a lot of people who VBI absolutely met him. Pastor Bill, VBI metamorphosized his life, completely changed it. He was completely transformed in those two years in Tulsa when he went to VBI. There are scores of people who have gone through VBI here and, and have, have, their life, man, has changed before our eyes. In a year, it's like, wow, can you believe who this person is from where they began? And some of you are those people. Praise God, and you're doing the things that God called you to do. But there's a handful of those people, a couple handfuls of those people who aren't around anymore. And what happened in their life? What's the difference from that person and Pastor Bill? Now, you can say, well, Pastor Bill's called to be a pastor. Sure, but we're all called to be ministers of the gospel. What happened was Pastor Bill continued pursuing and following in the will of God for his life. And others, once they got done with VBI, they didn't fill that void. See, with VBI, man, you're, you're listening to the word of God constantly. Faith is growing on the inside of you. You're not just listening to it, and it's not just knocking on your door. You're operating with works. I mean, you're out there doing the work of the kingdom. I mean, you're doing things, and and you're growing in who God has for you to be. But then when that time stops, it's just like me. When summer would come in May, it would finish at the end of May, my life got drastically unproductive until August. Drastically. doesn't work that way anymore. But... (laughs) It used to, like for those two months. My life was much better when it was in a structured environment. 
when I was having to go to class and do things, and I had to work my workout in here, and I had to work in time here for the Lord. I, had to, I mean, everything had to work and fit in this schedule to go that way. And when, when you take that away from me, I, I really struggled. It's the same thing in those lives of those people. When you begin to take the Word out, begin to take the time out, begin to take all that enveloping in the Word of God, all that spiritual, you begin to take that out of their life, then they begin to think, well, you know what? There's not much going on. And that void begins to be filled by other things. And what we can't do is allow those other things to fill that void in our life. We have to kind of remember who we are in Christ. When we wake up in the morning, remind yourself. That's why Pastor Bill has always told us, Pastor Pam, I've always said, write those things down and put them on your mirror, put them on your car, put them in your workplace, put them everywhere that you can so that you're continually reminded of who God is in your life and what he's done. Your spirit man begins to grow. I mean, all of a sudden, you are a different person. And because of that, you can't help but like knock people down in the grocery store and say, you got to know Jesus. I'm telling you what, this kid, God has saved me. He's changed my life. And then all of a sudden, three years later, where am I? You know, I, I worked so hard to get to the point where I, I'm, I'm doing all this full time, and now I'm doing all this full time trying to figure out how I can get time to do all these other things. You know, and God's kind of kind of brought me around full circle here and said, hold, 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 hold on a minute. Your whole existence before was always trying to do all of these things, and so you were trying to shortchange everything else you're doing to get to the ministry stuff. Good job. Now, don't shortchange things, but you know what I mean. You know, you're headed in the right direction. And then you get in a place where you have the opportunity to do that all the time, and now you're spending moments, at times, shortchanging these situations so that, so that you can take care of other things. And, and, you know, I'm not being called on the carpet, but a little bit with God saying, huh, that doesn't make sense. As a believer, doing the things and being in the will of God, we should be the most excited people on the planet. And not only the most excited people on the planet, we should be the greatest givers on the planet. Not just cash, not just, you know, not just talking offering. I'm talking about givers. People who lay down their life for their family, lay down their life for their friends, lay down their life for those people, wherever they are. Whoever you come across, whoever God puts in your place, you begin, you begin to lay yourself down for him. Think about the good Samaritan and put yourself in his shoes. He, he wasn't just seeing somebody that was on the side of the road. He was seeing somebody that really, truly in that day and time, that person was despicable to his group. It was unclean, don't touch, don't go near, their enemies, I mean, all that kind of stuff. This was somebody that would be the least person that he would help. Yet he came across the street and he, and he helped this person in that situation. He gave of himself. He gave of his time. I'm sure he was a busy guy. But, you know, when he went across the street and he picked this guy up, it said he bandaged him, he cleaned him up, he got him on his way, and he began to walk him down the road. He took him to a place, an inn, and he took him to, that, to, the, to the innkeeper. He said, here, take care of this guy. Set him up in this room. Here's some money. He gives him some money. And he says, you know what? I'm going to be back on my way. I've got to keep going. But I'm going to be back. And whatever this guy needs, man, you take care of him. When I come back, I'm going, to, I'm going to settle up with you. So not only did he just help him in the moment where he was, he began to minister to him. He set him up in a place. And then he said, I'm going to take care of you too as you go. That doesn't go on in the story. It doesn't finish up in what happened down the road. But what he did was he, he was a busy guy, but he gave of himself in a moment to somebody that really, truly, he probably didn't even think, the world didn't think he should even be talking to or given to. But, but, he, but he did that. Who is that, who, who is that in, in our world? Who is that in our life? Who is God bringing across our path that we can devote ourselves to? We have great pastors who have, who have lived this message for years, for 30 years. I mean, it, it, it has always been like this with Pastor Pam and Pastor Bill, regardless of whether they're in this church or not. 
Pastor Pam has a whole list of people here that she's keeping track of. She loves each and every one of you, and she's helping and doing things. But she's got a whole other ministry out there in the restaurants where she's beginning to tell me about somebody, and I'm going, hold on, I don't know who that person is. She goes, oh, sorry, this one's a Cracker Barrel. Or she'll say, oh, sorry, this is somebody that I'm really ministering to over there at Crystal's. I mean, it's like she's got people, she's all over the place. She's gone to the side of the road and just reached out. And we all have that, that opportunity. Are you the person in your office? Are you the person in your workplace that when things go bad, people run to? And they ask you to pray. Probably. That's great. Keep doing that. That's important. Continue to give. That means you're planting a seed in people's lives. You, you, you are the person that you're seeing something in you that's different than everybody else. And it's all of these things that happened to us in the beginning. And here's the thing. I think after time, we kind of forget. I do anyway sometimes. I, I, I forget that there's more to the, that We just keep going. Sometimes I stop. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, whew, that was a great week. Well, there's another week coming. Oh, God, well, I need some help then. Well, it says that, that, that he's there, he's available, and he'll lead you and guide you in those things. But you have to realize you're planting seeds everywhere you go. Seed time and harvest. I mean, it, it's always working. It isn't something that Earl Roberts came up with one day. I mean, it's something that's in the Bible that you, you plant seed. And it says, you know, after Noah parked the ark, you know, and after they all got out, he, he built, again, he, he built an altar and he did the same kind of thing. God, we're going to remember what happened, what you did for us. And God made a covenant, you know, and he said, I'm not going to go back on that. And then he said, as long as the earth is in existence, seed time and harvest will continue. And in your life, that's not just a financial situation. That's an everything situation. The things that you speak, the things that you're thinking, the things that you're doing, those are all seeds that you're planting into the world. And the harvest that comes back on those seeds it's going to match the things that you do. So you, you have to be careful. It, it, just, you don't just get free time to say bad stuff, to say crazy stuff, to not do something, to be mean to somebody. I mean, those, those just aren't like freedoms that you get because, you know what, I'm good and I go to church every Sunday, so, you know, this is what I'm going to tell you today. Well, they deserved it. Hey! I shared this with somebody just a, a little while ago, and they'd come to me and ask me a situation about some things and said, you know, how should I handle this? You know, and... And probably they, you know, they, they weren't necessarily in the wrong. They were probably in the right. And somebody else, may, you know, might have been in the wrong. And I said, well, you just go and you say you're sorry. I didn't do anything wrong. So, I mean, I'm right. That's what Pastor Bill's always, I mean, he's always like, so, sorry, my fault, my bad. But no, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's my bad. You know, it's that humility. It's that thing that goes and says, you know what? I, I love our relationship more. I, I love the fact that I can input into your life more than me being right in situations. And it's a seed, you know, I knew it was an odd, it was an odd thought. Kind of laid the story out so that you would agree with them, you know, that, oh, yeah, you're right, man, you need to get them. And I said, yeah, you're probably right, man. Ask them to forgive you. What? But I didn't do anything. So, if you, if you operate, Jesus, I mean, he gave his life. And he didn't do anything wrong. So why is it in our life we, we assume that then we have the opportunity to say, I'm right. Hey, I'd much rather just go on down with peace and, and opportunities to input into people's life and to have God take care of that relationship than to be right. It, it, it's not worth it in your life to do that because you're planting seed along the way. The harvest always begins. You know, we like Luke 6, 38. Press down, shaken together, and running over will men give unto our... But it says in the beginning that as you give, it will be given to you. Press down, shaken together, and running over. I think about Sandy, and I asked her if I could share this on Wednesday night, so I assume it's pretty good today. But um, 
Is that a carte blanche thing? Once you have permission once, you can share it the rest of the week. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I also threw some stuff out on, on Wednesday that I didn't ask about. So whatever. You know, I just kind of half covered myself as we went. But, but here's the situation. Okay. Somebody that really truly loves God and, and, and wants to do what God has for them to do, giving in every area of their life, not just with their finances. You know, they, they give all the time financially. They're always planting seed, you know, into the Sudan, into this work, into that work. They're mentoring. They're, they're here. Nobody works probably as hard or as tirelessly as Sandy does around here. You know, I mean, Brad is out there doing things on the roof, and then we're calling them in to go talk to dudes and, and do something. They, they are truly giving. And they face situations in their life, financially and other ways, where they're also trusting on God, saying, you know, we're out here doing all the things you called us to do. God, you've got, you got to begin to, you know, you got to keep coming through here. You can't leave us in a lurch. And they'd gotten to a point in their life where Sandy, I remember talking to her this, this, at the end of winter, and, you know, they'd had some, some, some tough snowplow times and some stuff. And, and she had said, you know what, I'm giving anyway. I, I don't care if we're not receiving a paycheck on this or a paycheck on that. I'm giving like we are. Now think, I mean, that, you know, I mean, she's she at that point she kind of has, you know, she didn't, you know, that's 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 food, that's 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 money. I mean, that's that's bills, that's stuff. And she said, I, I'm I, God's God, and I, I'm telling you what, the devil's trying to stand against us in this area. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give, I'm gonna give like we got it, and I'm just gonna keep writing those checks and doing those things. And she did, and then she got to a point where she, you know, she gave away something that was really important to her, and she was saying, I'm gonna trust God. And this last week, you know, on her birthday. You know, she, Brad called her, and she, wants a, she wanted a new laptop. Their laptop computers have been frizzing out, and all their stuff has been going south. How many of you know that, you know, I mean, things don't work anymore, and all of a sudden, zzz, oh, great, another thing doesn't work. Awesome. So then you find yourself, you know, looking at the cartoons in the newspaper for entertainment because there's nothing else, you know. So, so they, they, that, was the, that was where they found themselves. And how many of you know, I mean, you can start thinking, man, this is getting, in, this is getting ridiculous. I just keep doing nothing but giving. I keep doing nothing but reaching out to people. I keep planting seed. I keep doing all this stuff. And, man, everything keeps busting and breaking. And what is the deal? The enemies come against you. We talked on Wednesday night about enduring the hardship as a good soldier. And so they were pressing through, and Brad called her, and it happened to be her birthday. And she wanted this computer. And it was a Mac, and so they're a little expensive. And, and she was not going to, I mean, she didn't want to go out and just get it, you know, and then figure out a way to pay for it. She was really just saying, you know what, I mean, I, I, we gotta, God's got to come through. And Brad called her and said, hey, guess what? Got a check, and, and it's, just, it's for your laptop. And it was a check from an unexpected source that came, and it was exactly the amount of money. Brad needed an iPad. These people are, man, telling you what, man, they are getting, they are getting, they're getting with it technology-wise in their house. They're Apple people now all over the place, and phones, and I mean, they got it all going on. But Brad, that's expensive stuff. And Brad needed it for his business to do it. But then she remembered, you know what? She came into me the next day on Thursday and said, I forgot, you know what? The week before we got another check, and that was exactly the amount for Brad's thing. God knows where you are. And if you'll just continue to give of your son, to, to give to people, to plant seed in people's lives, whether it's financially or whether it's time or whether it's efforts or whether it's reaching out and planting the word in people's lives, we should be the greatest givers in this earth. You should have the word the people at work need. Whenever something arises, you, oh, I don't want to be that person. Sure you do. Why not? Who else do you want them to go to? You know, do you really believe, God spoke this to me too. Uh, do you really believe that the stuff that you say is true? Well, yes, I do. Well, then why are you so lily-livered when you have an opportunity to share it? I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. Okay, maybe a little. But it's changed my perspective. See, the things that you have on the end, all that stuff that we just read in the beginning, all that stuff is true. If you will believe that that stuff is true, that you really truly do have something to give, 
See, we can say, you know, give the gift of life, that's great. You truly, you truly have that in your possession. The Word of God is the gift of life. And whatever you are, whatever God does, wherever He brings you to, whoever He's got in front of you, you have not just this Word, but you have the Holy Spirit alive on the inside of you with the moment's Word to share. But you've got to believe it's worth something. Look, if you will, in John, it's in chapter 6. God brings the increase in your life. But you've got to know you have what it takes. I think many times I look back at what I have and I say, you know what, God, this is so insignificant. Their problems are, are beyond me. You know, when somebody comes to you and has all these things and you're like, ho, 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 i got no answer for you. You might be the one person that God can't help. You know, I mean, have you, ever, have you ever had those stories come across you? Wow! And, and then what? Now, hold on. Who was that person? Go back. i got to figure this out. I mean, have you ever, I mean, they just, I mean, they lay it out and you think, oh, you know what? All I got is, you know, Jesus is the answer. <laughs> you know, it's Christmas. He's the reason for the season. I, I don't know anything else, man. I, I, I don't know. And I found myself in this position, you know, especially lately, you know, as, I, as I've come across more of these kind of situations. And, and you know, this story is, is about feeding 5,000. And we understand about the multiplication aspect. And if you go through and read the story, we don't have time to probably go through, and you can go back and read it a little bit. The thing that I like in John that isn't necessarily in the other Gospels is the fact that it says Jesus turned to the disciples when they were in a need for something and said, what do we have? What do we have? And they said, we got nothing. We don't have the cash. We don't have time. We got, we got nothing. But there's this little boy over here who's got a lunch. And I'm sure they came to him and said, hey, dude, give me your stuff. And he's like, this is my lunch, man. You know, I'm just, hey, I'm like an usher here. I, what are you doing? I got, my, I got my lunch. He's got two little fishes and five little loaves. He could have said, there ain't no reason for me to give this to you because this isn't a whole lot. There's a lot of people here. But he didn't. He's, he said, here you go, and gave him the stuff. And they came to Jesus and said, we got this little boy's lunch. <laughs> what can you do with that? See, I think sometimes as believers... God begins to speak and put things in our heart, and He begins to ask us, and we say, but I don't have anything. I don't, I don't, I don't have $50 a month to support an orphan. I, I don't have the word to tell this person at work, because holy cow, their life's a mess. I, you know, I mean, all these things start to creep in. We start to see ourselves as insignificant. But if you go back to the beginning of the message and all the things that God spoke to us, in that time, we were saying all kinds of crazy stuff and didn't care. We didn't have a clue as to what we were saying, but we were praying for anything that moved. You know, I mean, it didn't matter what it was. If somebody said they were sick, man, you were slapping hands on them and spitting on them and doing all kinds of things in Jesus' name. But what happened from that person to where we are today? All of a sudden, we started realizing that it isn't us. It's him. And then we come down the road, and we start thinking about us and not him and how insignificant we are. In the beginning, see, we knew it was all him because, man, we're idiots. You know, in the beginning, you got, you got no clue. In the beginning, you get saved, that's all you got. I got like, hey, Pastor Bill, pray for me. My life's changed, so come here. I mean, how many of you went home and got your kids in the corner and said, okay, y'all going to get Jesus right now? You know, and man, that didn't happen. I don't know. That's just kind of the way it was. Elizabeth got saved a thousand times, you know, at her house. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> she's already mad at me because I called her old today, so I'm already going home by myself. So it's, you're not old, you're young. You're young. It was me that had a problem. But, but this little guy... This little guy took what little bit he had and said, you know what, do whatever, you, do whatever you're going to do with this. 
So we, I think, as believers many times need to take the thing that we have and say, okay, God, if you call me, man, this is what I got. And it, it's not enough. I, 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 I don't have any answers. I don't have a clue as to what I'm supposed to do or say. But this is what I got. I'm going to give it to you. And Jesus sat them all down. He did all the things. And he, he brought the increase. Twelve baskets full, it says at the end. Twelve baskets full. From I'm sure this little kid was like standing there with all his things thinking, Holy cow! If he's like any other American teenager, man, he sat down and ate the whole twelve baskets. You know, just shoved it all in. And, you know, I mean, it was like, awesome! You know, I was, gonna, I was starving there for a minute, but I'm good now. But, I mean, if you allow God to use what you have, if you give God what you have, He'll bring the increase in your life. And that's the thing, really, that as he began to share with me, I, you're not supposed to know everything. You're not supposed to have all the answers. In the Old Testament, what did he do with Gideon? He took Gideon and said, okay, you know what? I know who you were. You got a good glimpse of who you are now in, Christ, in, the, in the Lord. But now, you know what? You got all these people that are with you. Pair those babies down. God didn't ever say, go out there and just do it yourself because you can. You know, they were always in a position where they needed to trust and rely on God. So why do we think now as the New Testament church we would be any different? I've been reading so many books. Finally, God said, just stop reading the books. Start doing something. You know, do something that you read. I don't care what it is. <laughs> You've covered the gamut. <laughs> just do something. I did. In Florida, I was like, I, praise God. Thanks. Yeah. I fi- <laughs> finally, in Florida, I was like, I mean, I was like on my second book, and I finally was just like, thump, threw it out, and I started reading Sports Illustrated. I read Sports Illustrated in the newspaper and was like, you know what? I can't read anymore. I, I just can't get any, anybody else's knowledge back in my head anymore. I've got a lot in there right now. So much so that I don't have a clue as what any of it was. So if I could mentally go throw up for a minute and then come back, I'd probably be better off. Because we're living for him. We're not living for us. And this has been my next revelation. So I'm just pouring out all of my revelations today. That really, truly, it's about Him. And you know, it, it hit me a little bit on Wednesday when I read that 2 Corinthians 4.18. I know it's not on there, but can you... If it's 2 Corinthians 4.17, sorry. 4.17, and it's not in your notes there, but... It, you know, it talks a little bit about us and how we kind of complain from time to time and, and, and piece to piece about some stuff in our lives. And it says, For our light affliction, it says, For which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And one of the things that I've been dealing with, and I shared that on Wednesday night, was this commercial. They walk around with these big numbers. I mean, this guy's got like a number. It's like $1.5 million and something else, and he's carrying it around. And this dude's trimming his hedges, and he says, what's that? He said, that's my number. I said, what do you mean your number? And he goes, that's what I need so I can retire comfortably. I was like, holy cow, man, we're going to live in a tent somewhere because we got nothing. I got 56 bucks in my pocket, and I ain't got no number. I am in trouble, and I don't see a way to get a number. So uh, we got some serious problems. You know, I mean, the guy has a big number. I'm thinking, where does he get all that? I can't even make that in 40 years. So I was like, God, I got some problems. I need a number. (laughs) I just be real with God. I mean, am I the only person that just, you know, I just, I need a number, you know. (laughs) Give me a number. (laughs) And then tell me how. I mean, I get it. You know, I mean, it's partly me. You're not going to put that big number in my mailbox, you know, but I, I'll work at it. You tell me how. And he said, just keep giving the way I told you to give. He said, you're building up far bigger number 
than what's on that TV. He said, have I not taken, yeah, yeah, you know, same kind of thing as, you know, doesn't he do this? You know, it's like, have I not, he goes back to the beginning just like he does, you know, with the Israelites. Have I not brought you out of that? Yes, 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 you did. Have I not got you from there? Oh, yes, yes, you did. What makes you think now at 42 that I'm going to stop taking care of you as you continue on? The guy on TV said I had a number. I got to have a number. He says, so now you're taking all of your spiritual advice from, from the Merle Lynch people or whatever on TV. I want to be diligent. He said, well, be diligent with what I give you. Give the way that I tell you to give. Impart the way that I tell you to impart. Plant seed the way that I tell you to plant seed. Wherever it is. And if you do those things, I will take care of you. And then he brought me back to that scripture. And I said, okay. I get it. You don't have to drag me down the road. I understand. Now, it's wise to plan and it's wise to do all those kind of things. But, but I, I've seen people in my life think that, you know what, when I finally get there then I'm going to be able to do all these things for God. That I've got to get all this stuff amassed. I've got to get all these things taken care of. I've got to get all to this point. And you know what? I knew who I was when I first got saved. But see, because I got saved, I got a revelation of what the Word of God said. So the Word of God said that I could, be, I could have it all, and God has an abundance for me. So when I get all that abundance to a point where I feel like I'm comfortable and I can continue on, then I'll finally do something for God. And you know what? Those funerals are miserable. Because those people are laying in that thing, man, and they never did anything. They never did anything that God put in their heart to do because they never got to the point in their life where they felt like they had enough to give. I got enough now, so now I can go and I can give. God asks us to live our life for Him. It says you're bought with a price in 2 Corinthians. And it was the price of Jesus' blood. That's why we say give the gift of life. Take that thing and give it to everybody that you see. Most of you are already doing that. I mean, you're, you guys are like, you know, I'm talking to the people who are doing all the work. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm not like saying anything, but I, I'm right there with you. It's my attitude, not necessarily all that I do. Sometimes it's my attitude in what I do. You know, I could go by and I could say the stories like Brad and Sandy about all of you. You know, I mean, I think Jerry Borders and, and, and poor Bill O'Brien, he retired so he could come work for us. But, they, they, you know, they're, they're working. I mean, they got stuff going on. Bill's got 13 different jobs that Sue's given him. And then he's got everybody else hunting him down for stuff. And, you know, Jerry, and, and it's, VBS comes up. And so, man, they just devote some time to building props. Man, they made, us a, they made us be a cowboy ranch around here. Well, praise God. Praise God, you know. Give them a hand. I mean, that was good stuff. Everybody worked at VBS. There's a lot of people. But it was just that kind of idea that said, you know what? Past where I am, past what I've got going on, I, I can do that. I'll do it. I'll help out the little kids. I ain't going to go talk to them. But, man, I, I got gifts. I could build something. You know, I could do something. And it's not just VBS. It's all kinds of things. You guys are all doing all this, all this work. But just know that it, it's, that ex, it's that expectation, that excitement of what God is doing in people's lives. It's a great time to share this, too, as we kind of head into the fall and all the things that we're doing. Pastor Pam and Pastor Sandy, and we'll be calling you to ask you for things to do. So uh, when we call you, we'll send you a copy of this message. And you can listen to it first and then... Not really. Sounds like a good idea, but, you know, it's, I'm telling you, man, this was, this was one of the first times in my life where I really thought, come on, God, you've got to give me something else. I mean, we're going to take a second offering. I, I am not, a, I, 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 can't, I, I can't see, what am I worried about? Ah, it's going to seem like I'm telling everybody, and, and God has said, shut up. I mean, I'm going like, I've got two pages of notes already on something completely different. So Wednesday's going to be awesome. I already got that one worked out. So that one's taken care of. But it was like, ah, oh, okay. Finally, man, after about an hour, after having the old guy bang on the door back there, 
Do I have to send your grandfather to teach you a lesson at 89 years old? You know, as I, as he, you know, then I begin to say, okay, I get it. I get it. It's about our life. It's about your word and what you have for us. And what it does is that it prepares us for where we're going, for where we're headed. God has a lot of great things in store for you and your life and for this church. And, and to have both of those things come to a pinnacle takes us operating at the top of our game. And it takes us doing the things that God called us to do. In Galatians in chapter 6, and we had it in the beginning, but I'll read it here again real quickly. It's one of my favorite scriptures because it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For whatever he sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Remember back in the beginning, man, we didn't care what we did, when we did it. We didn't care how it got to me. We were just like, God, I love you. You changed my life. I'll do whatever you ask me to do whenever you ask me to do it. And plant, 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 plant. And then somewhere along the way, that, that thing begins to grow in us. And we're kind of thinking, whew, let somebody else plant for a while. I need to relax for a second. And that's all right. There's nothing wrong with rest. There's nothing wrong with being tired, as Pastor Bill was sharing with me last week. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Your body needs rest. That's true. But don't get lazy spiritually in your life. And not that I'd gotten lazy spiritually in my life, but what God is saying is, you've got to go to another level spiritually in your life. And our first thought is, I'm already doing a lot. God said, hey, chill out. Do you want to come or not? Yes, sir. Ah, not the right attitude. How many of you have had somebody tell you that? It's not what you said, it's how you said it. Okay. Yes, sir. I'd love to come along. How about that one? You know? He lets us. He allows us the opportunity to share in that with him. And then the last part of your message and the last part of the thing is to remind us, to remind me in my life, because I fought this for years. I fought this idea that it's too late. That you know what? I've, I've thought about me for so long and I've thought about I've, I've, all the bad, you know what I mean? I just, I've gotten cranky for so long and I've missed it and I've gotten upset for so long that you know what? It's just too late for me. Well, it's not too late. It's not too late. You can look, and the, the story is there in, in Mark in chapter 5, and it's the story of the, of the man whose little girl was dying. And he'd come to Jesus. And it may be like this in your life, that you know what? You came to the Lord, and he said, man, I need some help. God, you've got to show me some things. I'm going through some stuff. And he said, my, little, my, my daughter is at home, and she's sick, and she's near death, and I need you to come and lay hands on her that she might live. And Jesus says, all right, man, let's go. So he starts walking that way. And that's when the crowd forms and the lady with the issue of blood pushes through. And they're on the way to do that. Jesus is on the way to this guy's house. And in the middle of that, the lady gets touched. He turns around and he says, who touched me? And he goes through all of that kind of stuff. He says, your faith's made you whole. He does that whole thing. And then as they get ready to turn around, the people come to him and say, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter's dead. And here's the thing that, that really stood out to me as I, as I went back through that story and you know, it's, very, it's a very important time. It's a very important time in your life because you may have thought that that thing was dead. You may have thought that that thing was gone. You may have thought that that piece or that part had died and that it was over and that you were too late. And that was the word that, you know, you're not too late. It's not too late in your life for what God has put in your heart. And it said, while he was still speaking, some came to the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And this became an important part because he told them, Jesus told the young man, he said, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. He redirected his attention. He redirected his faith. Because at that moment, they just told him that his daughter died. So he had an opportunity 
to believe that word and to say, okay, Jesus, sorry, we're too late, and walk away. But Jesus said, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, look back up here. Don't be afraid. Do you believe? See, he had belief because he had already gone all this way to find Jesus to get him to come to his daughter's house. So that already said that he had some faith, like many of us. We've gone that road, man. We've said Jesus is the answer. He is the way. He's going to change my life. He's going to fix this thing in my life. He's going to do all... I mean, we're already there. But then something from that point when we've come to Jesus to where we are today, looks like that thing fell apart. This guy knew the truth because he'd come to Jesus. He'd said, you're the guy, man, if you can get to my house. See, he already put belief out there. And then in between that belief and the end, he had an opportunity for it to be crushed. And so now his dream, his belief, the thing that he went to Jesus for, now all of a sudden is just cut out from underneath him. And you may be here today and that may be like that in your life. Don't, don't fall prey to that. Don't give in to that. Do what Jesus said here. He said, hey, do not be afraid. Only believe. Yeah, but I made some mistakes. I screwed it all up. I deserve all this. No, 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 no. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. If we've made a mistake, he will fix it. God will turn things around in your life. He'll turn them around for good. Romans 8, 28, Pastor Bill's great scripture. I mean, he will do that thing in your life. He says, just believe. He redirected the man's faith back to what he believed. So today, I'm not saying I got any great word or anything like that, but I am saying redirect your faith. If you've lost that somewhere in the way, from the beginning when you were doing it, you were jumping up and down and excited about it, maybe down the road somewhere where you said, okay, God, I'm going to believe this time. I'm going to do it. I really am. And then something happened in your life. Today, redirect your faith back to that thing that he showed you, back to that thing that he called you to, back to that work that you put aside, back to that word that he said to speak. Back to that thing that he said to believe and to think and to meditate and to act on. Back to those things. You redirect your faith. Because if you remember at the end of the story, he went and Jesus went into the room. And apparently this guy did. Apparently he, re, he did do that because Jesus continued on down the path. And I would have to say that if the guy said, nah, it ain't no good. Never mind, it's not going to work. If he would have been at that point, and if he would have said that, I don't know what Jesus would have done, but he might have said, okay. But then he went back to the guy's house. And when he went back to the guy's house, he sent everybody else out. Who were they? They were the people who didn't believe it. So he sent them all out. Who did he bring in? The mom and dad. Why? Because they believed it. And he wasn't going to fill that room with anything that wasn't belief, that wasn't faith, that wasn't the truth. And so that tells me that this gentleman was in a place where he believed, had something cut his legs out from underneath him. He had an opportunity not to. He chose to. And then he saw that thing happen in his life. I mean, it's, 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 it, it is an absolute resurrection in that absolute life that's what jesus said to martha i i am i am the resurrection in the life do you believe and she said oh i believe it'll happen you know when i yeah not then do you believe now so i ask you that today we're going to give the gift of life do you believe that that's on the inside of you do you believe we redirect our faith to the lord i mean i, I i've had a great opportunity a great experience over these last bunch of years here to really have my life continue to grow only to be faced with some other growth. Only to be faced with something new and some new challenge. And I thank God, am I ever going to get there? And he says, no, oh, man, we're working. We're going. It's progress. Okay, praise God. So I've hooked up my boots again and got myself in my, my waders, and I'm out fishing, doing what God asked me to do. Today in your life, do you believe? Do you believe? Let's stand together. Amen. Let's redirect our faith today to what he has. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. 
If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.